it's your boy Fred from What's Happening. I'm just seeing if you checked out Patreon yet. Ad free podcast, full video episodes, unedited content, exclusive merchandise discounts, early access to merchandise, vote, partake in community polls, and inspire content, access private chat, and middle on one bonus episode. What you waiting for? Tap in on Patreon. I just seen this post and say, now y'all know Lil John had no business on Lovers and Friends. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I've been knowing you for a long time. Shawty. Look, I can't have my cross my mind. Shawty. Such a night I see something in you. Shawty. <laughs> Baby, won't I get with you? You ain't been nothing but a real friend of me. <laughs> Shawty. Hey, y'all better leave Lil John alone. That nigga came from techno to hip hop, nigga, and made bread. Man, my A, I ain't got no beef with Lil John at all. My favorite part, my favorite memory of that song, bro, is when it first, when that album first dropped. Man, it was me, my boy Mike, my boy Marcus, and my boy Dave. And it was me, them three. We went to go kick it. With these four girls, I'd have forgot mm-hmm. all their names, but it was one for you, one for me, one for you, one for you. Who had to be the one for the team? It's, it was one there for the team. I already, it's always take one for the team. Nah. They had that many. Honestly, all, nah. all fire. You know what, though? <laughs> no, they was not all fire, <laughs> but. Everybody had the one that they want potentially. And um Okay. And uh we were all just kicking at the house. It was two it was four girls, but two of them were twin sisters. I, I can't remember what none of them looked like at this point, but two of them were twin sisters. And we was all kicking it at the twins' house when they mama went home. Ain't nobody do nothing. We was just all just cooling. We 18, you know what I'm saying? But um it was right when that album dropped and we Listen to that album and just we all kicked it. Ain't nobody do nothing though. I think that if if uh if there would have been more um space oh, okay. or party favors, yeah, because one nobody doing nothing, we was all just kicking it. But we was all eighteen, so nobody had access to it. So just so just need a need a back room that couldn't nobody see and it might have got cracking one time one time could have one time you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah I feel you I feel you everybody trying to act modest but everybody everybody want parts you know what I'm saying <laughs> literal everybody sweating but ain't no heat in the room like. <laughs> Oh, man, growing up back then was great, boy. I tell you, like, shit. So you start singing the song, all I thought about is, boy, all the times I didn't grind into that one, boy. I don't know if I ever. Oh yeah, tell me again. 
Hey, I'm telling you, frequently my PD Pablo boy, you talking about some club bangers, boy. That was a good time, boy. Great time to be alive. Yeah. Banger, huh? Boy, <laughs> talking about hey, sweat dripping uh, uh dripping from the rafters, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> all right. I don't know where, what y'all did growing up. We had a great time, boy. Every time uh-huh. I see one of them come past my Facebook, I'm like, boy, I ain't lying, boy. That was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that, ride the back. Make it move to go. Hey, that boy Ludacris made some shit, boy. That boy, <laughs> face down, ass up. That way, I like the Charlie Brown. <laughs> I seen this uh video on TikTok. It was Ludacris on uh, Rap City in like 2002, 2003. Bro really just came out of nowhere. Like, as soon as 2000 hit, bro came out of nowhere and just 2001. I think Nelly jumped off of 2000. First off, let's talk about Nelly for a second. <laughs> hey, redacted part wasn't scripted. Because, <laughs> like, we, hold on. Country grammar lyrics. I'm about Wait, to Google this. We're going down, down, baby. Yo, street in the road. Oh, so, boom, boom, baby. Let it, let it go. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pub. Pass it oh, to me wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Light it up and take a pub. So I'm going down, down, baby. Yo, street in a Range Rover. I never noticed he was saying okay, Range yeah. Rover. Street sweeper, baby. Cock ready to let, it, let go. it go. Whoa, okay. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa. What? Listen to it. Pound. What? Light it up and take a take puff. Take a puff. I, pass it to me now. I that part going down, 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 baby. down, baby. You can find me St. Louis rolling on dubs, smoking on dubs, and cause like hoka buzz, sipping bud, getting perfect, and getting okay. The lyrics actually make sense. Yeah, we was just young kids saying anything. <laughs> I could have heard it was. I, I knew it was, but also now that I think about it, when I'm listening to this in 2000, I'm hearing it either on the radio or on the videos on TV. Man. So I was definitely getting edited. I just know that nigga said something about Vanna White. I said, oh. Oh, I just got rid of the lyrics. <laughs> Let me go back and see if I can find something about Vanna, 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 Vanna. How niggas, how Green mugs and show shrugs. Wait a minute. That's I don't even remember this verse. Ice, ice niggas all over close to never sober. From broke to having brokers, price my range is Rover. Now I'm knocking like Jehovah. Let me in now. Let me in now. Let me in now. Bill Gates, Donald Trump, let me in. <laughs> Bill Gates, Donald Trump. Bill Gates, Donald Trump, coming in now, spin now. I got money in my, my friends now, win now. Candy beans, can with the tears now, win now. Woo! Fucking lesbian twins. Twins now, now. yeah. <laughs> Yo! This is some crazy lyrics. <laughs> we might have to do that one day, just do a lyric day, like shit, just some shit we shouldn't have been saying as kids. Man! I mean, this is that's always a forever conversation because 
You still ain't get to the Vanna White part. What did he say? Oh, Vanna I didn't even see the Vanna. I didn't even see. It I should be like it. third verse, shouldn't it? I know he said Vanna White. Like, don't don't get me tripping. Mm, I'm was, scrolling. Was that a different song? I'm not seeing. That's the chorus. Pretty voice. Proud. I don't see nothing. He says smoking blunts in Savannah. Blowing 30 mil like I'm hammer. <laughs> oh, it's the ride with me lyrics, I guess. If you want to go and take a ride with me. Yeah. Man, hey, speaking of song lyrics, did you see that video by chance? The police or the FBI or somebody, they raided uh, Afro Man's home? When? Oh, it had to be recent. It says, Will you help me repair what? My door. Repair my door. Oh, because I ain't fine shit, huh? And kicked in this nigga shit ain't got nothing. We can't do that forever. That's already two minutes of a six-minute video. God, oh yeah, no, nah, ain't nobody doing six minutes of that shit. So this is breaking news for you. What, what, what you thinking? I don't even know why they was there, but I'm with him. Why the fuck <laughs> did it say kidnapping? I think it was a SWAT attack. Somebody probably was pissed. They got out there in the burbs, you know what I'm saying? Figured they would send the boys to him, get him in trouble. But, uh, you know, is is J. Cole. I guess the neighbors think I'm selling dope. Oh. Selling dope. Selling dope. Motherfucker, Motherfucker I, I am. am. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, you already know. That's my, that's my job. <laughs> so, hey, you, you about the only person on the planet I can get to agree with me that J. Cole is better than Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I, I, I fucks with I fucks with K Dot like I fucks with K Dot, but yeah, like they say, I guess they uh, J Cole for college kids or something, or or kids with 
with common sense or something. But yeah, I fucks with Cole. I think he way better um, lyrically, and you know, just I think I really like the fact that he's not like every other rapper. Like, unfortunately, K Dot came from an area where the shit that people talk about in hip hop is very prevalent. He probably really did go through everything he's ever said. But J. Cole doesn't, you know what I'm saying? He don't step outside of who he is. You know what I'm saying? He's very humble. Um, and and lyrically, he, he's just a monster. Like, he, he's very relatable. So, yeah. What's your, I, what's your favorite J. Cole song? Too Deep for the Intro. And it was on a mixtape. It wasn't even okay. on none of his albums. But I, that personally functional. Half of me is comfortable. The other half is close to the cliff, like Mrs. Huxtable and white boys up in posters and clips. They pack like lunchables. No. Hold on. Vanna White. Now I'm just messing with you. Yeah, no, I seen that, <laughs> but it said partial me is comfortable. No. I just partially comfortable. The other half is close to the cliff, like Mrs. Huxtable. Boys got them hosters and clips. They pack like lunchables, like white boys in grade school. While we ate school made food, just ain't shit. Wish I was trying that shit. No, when mama hit the store, she wasn't buying that shit. No, I ain't crying a bit. Man, that's just life. That's how that shit work. <clears throat> when you reach a fan, you reach a hand and fire. You, you pull it back when you get burnt. Gotta learn when you get hurt, even as if if it's with Cupid. He beat you in, you went back. You's officially stupid. Oh, yeah, I understand. That's your man. You had a plan. You've been together for some years, so you overlooked the tears, but we both know that's a bad look because 20 years from now, your daughter probably get her ass whooped. Yeah, that's probably my favorite one, and it's on that Erica Badu song. Like, the beat is off of Erica Badu beat, so, like, that shit is just, if you, I don't know if you ever heard it, but that 2D for the intro is probably the coldest J. Cole song. You know what I'm saying? Ever put down? I feel what, what's your favorite Cole song? <sighs> well, I'm gonna be a lot more mainstream than you. I honestly think it's Crooked Smile. Hey, that's my shit too. I honestly think that's my favorite J Cole song. Yeah, that's that's way more mainstream. But I fuck with Crooked Smile. Crooked Smile. I think that's just hope and inspiration, you know what I'm saying? Like, he he really, like, like he said, I ain't going to sit here in front like I ain't thought about it, but look how far I done made it without it, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, he just basically, like, you could be who you is and still make it here, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that shit's fire. Yeah, I mean, it's got the good message. I didn't get the, the video. I hate it. The video did not. I did not either. The video was a great video. It just didn't fit the song mm -hmm. at all. You're but the video, correct. like, as an art, as an art form, the video by itself was perfect, like beautiful. It just did not fit that song. Um, but I mean, especially at the end when the choirs go do 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 like, and that part it's just like it's like. That part is so fire, but it just not fit. If you have not seen the video for Crooked Smile, go 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 look at it, y'all. It, it it 
you'll see what I'm saying. Like, it makes sense. It's a great video, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the song at yeah, all. <laughs> Man, yeah. um, we got off track. <laughs> hey, it's going to be a whole different episode, ain't it? <laughs> Welcome to What's Happening, I'm Brad. I'm Fred. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about what's happening. What's happening with you, dog? Shit, man, just, you know, trying to finish up some some projects that uh, is carried over from past years, starting to try to finish what I started. Um, basketball season, full effect, full swing. So, you know, we rocking that on a daily. Yes, sir. Just had a game today. It was kind of weird as hell, even though we beat the shit out of um, these, these folks. It was like an hour and some away. They didn't pull up until uh, – until like an hour and something later. So we didn't even play the JV game, just play the varsity game. So it was mm-hmm. kind of weird. But other than that, man, just been chilling, bro, with the fam. Not doing too much. What's up with you? Man, I've been chilling. Today was the first day back to work since uh, the middle of December, essentially. And, um, you know, it was cool. It, it was it was real cool. You know, we end up having a, a project to do that dropped out last night. So I took care of that for the boss lady today. But yeah, man, I'm uh we, we started a, a little workout support group, little private little committee on Facebook. I see that post. Um we got about 14, 15 people in there, you know what I'm saying? We ain't trying to, you know what I'm saying? We just all trying to support each other. But you know, I'm doing my 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 push-up challenge for the year. Five days a week, at least five push-ups. A, well, not at least five push-ups a day. It's five times the calendar month. So it's going to be five in, in January. February is month two, so five times two. It would be ten push-ups five days a week in February. So by the time I get to um, June, six times five is 30. It'll be 30 push-ups five days a week all the way until December. It'll be 60 push-ups five days a week. I'm uh, you know, I'm trying to get, you know, what I'm saying, trying to go ahead and and tighten up that top level form, you know, what I'm saying, real quick, go ahead and uh, make it look a little sharper. I want to wear tight shirts in 2024. I want to be 38 years old wearing tight shirts. Yes, and I'm 36 now, so I'm thinking far ahead into the game. I want to wear tight shirts. I want to look like I work in a Medea play. <laughs> you know? What I'm saying? Oh, basically, he just said he wanted like brown, just without the ashy knees, y'all. <laughs> No, nah, I want to be one of the light-skinned dudes that he book. <laughs> oh, you want somebody to cross your, your dreads on your cross, huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, no, nah, I feel it. Hey, man, I keep up with the push-ups and push-ups. Man, that's, that, that's real work, serious business. Yeah. Um, I, I commend you for it. Like, one thing – Push-ups, it, it, it'll keep you, you know what I'm saying, able to maintain, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and, and sustain um, the type of physique you want, you know what I'm saying, especially in the upper body area. So I definitely commend it. Um, and anybody that's a part of that group might want to go check out uh, Get to the Root, I believe is what it is. I'll send that Brad, to Bradley for the show notes. But get to the root actually every Saturday morning. They give you uh, some type of workout that you can do from home. 
um, anywhere from 25 minutes to 30 minutes to an hour, you know what I'm saying? Just every Saturday morning, they get about 6 a.m. Um, Mr. Will and Faith Scott, uh, they're 100% vegan family. Um, so that's what their their whole page is about, really, is they, they do the big vegan thing. But then Saturday mornings, boy, they, they have some work for you. So if you're into getting some extra work besides just push-ups, check out Get to the Root. Uh, won't need no no weights and tools and nothing like that, and they help you help you get right as well. But hey, what's that on Facebook, YouTube? Where's that at? Everywhere, Facebook, YouTube. You know they all over the place with it. They they do a Wednesday every Wednesday. They do a um a, a show where they they teach you how to make a vegan dish every Wednesday. Like I, I've seen a lot of their vegan dishes they made, and, and they're pretty dope. You know, what I'm saying they're good. I, I've actually been invited over there to them uh, to their house and with their family to to eat uh, on the Fourth of July for a barbecue. So I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's, it's fire. Okay. And listen, y'all know Fred. We didn't have plenty of food episodes. Fred had told y'all he ain't the healthy type. So if he if he over here proving some vegan food, it must be a one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, because you you know, I'm a I'm a condiment king. So you know. He said condiment king. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm not going anywhere ordering anything without no condiments. If you got a cheese sauce, guaranteed. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we've had that discussion. So, y'all know. But, you know, when I when I see him do a carrot dog off the grill and still put in a bun with, with ketchup and mustard, you know, it, it looks different. But you can't really tell the difference once you take that out your mind, you know what I'm saying, mentally. So. I dig it. Um, so I ain't gonna say I'm I'm not good or dope with it. I ain't gonna say it's something I'm sticking to, but you know, I I'll try it out. Alright, I feel it. Um I gotta go ahead and get this one out the way, dog. Couple discovers they are siblings after 10 years of marriage. Now I caught this pretty late in the day, so even if you would have had a chance to read it, you wouldn't have had a chance to read it. But I'm gonna read a little bit of this article here. Um, why did it just switch on me? Why is my phone being stupid today? All right, I'm gonna skip down a little bit. It's hard to nah, skip down a little bit. Recently, a video went viral where a man and his wife shared their shocking news. The husband and wife reveal they are brother and sister, as they explained. The relationship the man said he and his wife have been together for 13 years 2011 they got married and had the first child four years later they had their second child after that they learned they are brother and sisters brother and sister my mama had two kids me and my sister my father had one child me do you know how mad I would be if I found out that my father had a daughter that I cracked into? I would crumble. Gee, that would kill me. I would crumble, dog. You did You'd what? Never be right again. To who? 
But and I, I made a joke earlier that you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I said, man, they they look just alike and they do, you know what I'm saying. But the other joke I said, they gotta have the same dad, same daddy, different mamas, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad, but I, I bet they live in the same city. You know what I'm saying, and grew up probably apart from each other and never knew about each other and just so happy to get together and well, go ahead well like i remember i don't think i've shared this on the podcast before you might not even know this but back in uh 2009 i was working at a uh, walmart for a little bit out in sandusky mm-hmm. and um i see this lady that i work <clears throat> with i'm like hey how you doing and she's looking at me crazy and i'm like Maybe she just didn't recognize me. And then, like the next day, I see her, and I'm like, "Hey, you um, you recognize yesterday? She was I-, I wasn't here yesterday." I'm like, "Oh!" And at this point, I got like, uh, a, I, this is like my third job that I'm working because I'm working at movie gallery. Yep, bricked up like a Super Mario level. Shout out to the man. <laughs> There's a couple episodes there. Um. I'm working at movie gallery, I'm working at Walmart, and I'm working at Castaway Bay at the same time. Plus, the uh, the ex-wife is pregnant with my first child. So, like, this is, there's a lot going on in my head, so I chalk it up to maybe I'm just tripping, right? Turns out, it's literally sister-sister. She had, they were twins. They didn't know each other. The mom gave up one for adoption. And the twin sister just kind of like made her way back to the area and found her family. The one that was given up to it for adoption. Crazy. Wow. I cannot now, even imagine. That's a, that's a different scenario. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I couldn't imagine how that, that goes, but it, it happens more than not. Yeah. So, you know, it's just things we don't really hear about, to be honest, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it is kind of crazy to, to think about it, you know what I'm saying? If it was to happen in, you know what I'm saying, your life situation, like, how do you react to that? Like, you know what I mean? I, I guess as siblings, I would be cool. But if it was especially a situation where I end up dating my sister. This is my wife? Yeah, that's even worse. Like, I, dating is one thing, but you know what I'm saying? And I've heard people where it's like, they're like, yeah, you know, we didn't find out till later we were cousins and we've already did this, that, and the third. And it's like, like, you know what I mean? But yeah, it, it, that's, that's tough. You know what I mean? Like, that's, but at the same time, I blame, I blame families for that because it, regardless of the scenario, at least to know a name. Like, hey, look, I ain't going to say that you wouldn't run into a a family member later on down in life by the name of so-and-so. Life happens, you know what I'm saying, some things that, you know, we regret or whatever. But if you run into a person by this name, come holler at us. You, you know, something like don't just leave your folks out there to just, you know what I'm saying, be making 
generational curses or mistakes. Like, I don't even know if they had any kids together, but just imagine they did. They yeah, did that. That imagine waking up and realizing you your own cousin. You your own cousin. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's crazy. Like your your mom and your daddy is your auntie and your uncle, but your your mom and your daddy like. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like that's that's wild. Song, hey. You know what I'm saying? But black folks gotta share their family. You know what I'm saying? They want to keep too many secrets. They gotta share that. But you know what's funny though? Because I think about stuff like that, and there's so much of my family that like I don't know. Mm -hmm. Because my I, I I've only met one person. I've only met one person from my my mom's father's side because he was never around and then he died when I was real young. Um, my dad's father, he died when I was real young. He died when I was like two. And I don't know. I assume he didn't have any other kids. My dad never mentioned he had any other siblings in Chicago that I didn't know about. But like, I think about that sometimes like, man, I like, I know that I have a chunk of family in, um, in Mississippi that I don't know. And I just think about because my dad was born in Chicago. Like, I got some family in Chicago. I, I got to. I, I have to have some family in Chicago that I just don't know. I'm sure. And Chicago's so goddamn big. <laughs> and motherfuckers talk about Chicago like it's Illinois. Hey, hey. That wedding I went to. Mm -hmm. It was like an hour outside of Chicago. I was like, I went to a wedding in Chicago. <laughs> right, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's like a visit in Atlanta, but you went to Georgia. <laughs> exactly. LA, yeah, man. California, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's crazy. Yeah, um, I, I feel for them, you know what I'm saying? I hope it, you know, they can get some counseling and get through it, you know what I mean? Like, because I, I can't imagine... You know what I'm saying? What the next steps is after that. Because how much you I mean, want to be you, done with the situation, you can never be done because you have a But child. also, like, they're in love with each other. I mean, I, I I get, they say you, you can't you can't control who you love and all that, but yeah. I'm pretty sure all that love go out the window the moment you find that out. It, that... Two kids and all, like, nigga, some shit just become like, you know, I really ain't like your stinking ass anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, it's just at that point, like, I mean, like, you know, how could you even just sit here and still say, well, but I love her, though. Man, at this Cause, point. Because ain't that, ain't that odd and weird still? Like, damn, you know that's your sibling and you still, like, you love her? Like, like. Like I that? didn't meet her that way. <laughs> but you know now. You know. I, I have to imagine, all just aside, I have to imagine it wouldn't be that easy to turn it off. You're looking at me like it's crazy. <laughs> That's a fucked up family for life, G. Uh, it is. It, it, it I is. mean, it is, because at that point, it's like, how do you, how do you teach your kids right from wrong in a scenario if you don't let it go. Like, it's one thing to say, hey, we didn't know, found out, and we kind of ended this shit, and y'all in a fucked up scenario, but y'all 
at liberty to, you know, keep your peace and not have to say anything if you choose not to, maybe until you find someone that you can trust to, you know, divulge that too as a spouse. But if you keep going with it, because, well, <clears throat> we're 10 years in and we love each other and we got kids, how do you not? Like, that's that's some fucked up shit. Hey. They got houses for sale in Alabama. Alabama, I could, I, I could send you through a shot of Kentucky, but <laughs> Alabama. Like, I'm just saying, Ken, Kentucky, Ken. Sweet home, Alabama. Ain't shit sweet about this home. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let's talk about. The FTC proposing a ban on non-compete agreements. Jeez. So Look, this article, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. You finna give some extra I'm, insight to the people. No, I'm just gonna get a good little, little, little pref, little pref It's from HuffPost. Ah, the agency says said banning use of clauses would raise wages across the country. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit. Lena M. Khan, the commission's chair, said in a statement that the freedom to jump ship to a different employer was at the core of economic liberty. Non-competes block workers from freely switching jobs, depriving them of higher wages and better working conditions, and depriving businesses of a talent pool that they need to build and expand. The agency estimates that a ban could increase wages for U.S. workers by as much as $296 billion, with a B, billion dollars per year. What you thinking, dog? So, from a, from a headline perspective, I was like, ah, this might be horrible. Because all you're going to do is basically have people jump and ship you know what i'm saying at the liberty of a dollar okay they they gave me a dollar more i'm gone you know what i'm saying oh five dollars more i'm out of here you know what i mean which in retrospect there's nothing truly wrong with it but i don't think you're going to be able to s sustain a workforce when people are constantly rotating at that volume. Like we already have high turnover in a lot of places now. Now you just up the ante. But after looking at some of the article and reading it, there is some positives because workers can no longer hold you, you know what I'm saying, back from being great or getting your potential worth because of a non-complete compete clause. You, you mean employers? Employers, yeah. Like okay. just in, in general, like they can't hold you back from, you know what I'm saying, because of a non-compete clause, it might be somebody over here that because of the experience and the time you have on this job with this certain expertise that comes with it are willing to pay you more than what your employer currently is willing to pay you. But because of the non-compete clause, you stay stationary and don't 
you know what I'm saying, trying to move on or better yourself or better your your money situation through your employment because of the non-compete clause. Um, which also brings the point to where, you know, I would say probably over the last five years is became a big thing to know that if you truly aren't looking for another job or trying to change your job about every couple years, then you're probably minimizing your wage anyway. You know, you should always be shopping yourself on the market to to make more money because generally if you stick with a company over time, the increase of your your hourly wage will be minimal to negotiating a, a new salary at a different job. If that makes sense. Um I understand what you're saying. I just I disagree with that portion. I think it's relative to that company structure and, and what they have. So I worked for Verizon Retail. We've talked about this before for a long time. And the only way to get a raise there was the only realistic way to get a raise there was to get promoted. Mm -hmm. There was a scorecard thing. Um based off where you where you performed at, um you could get a score anywhere between zero and a hundred. If you averaged ninety for the quarter, uh you could get at least a ten somewhere between ten cents and thirty cents, depending on if it was like ninety one to 93 you got 10 cents 94 to 96 you got 20 cents and then um 97 and above you got 100 cents honestly as a sales consultant that was easy to do just people would just not perform um but as a manager it was virtually impossible because you needed your employees to perform so it's just relative to the the structure of the company i would say because I know for a fact that I, I'm not putting no names out there, but I know that this is a, that there's a company that um, that people spend business spend their money with on a regular basis. I'll just say it: it's Target. They pay people and they give people annual raises every year, and that's a way to retain people because. They have people making money in positions that, like, you can't get that same kind of money at that same kind of position anywhere else. Like, making... Depending on your tenure. Depending on your tenure, right. Because they just get it. They just get it. Year, 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 year. And I get what you're saying, but I, and that's why I say, like, negotiating. See, that's the thing. A lot of people don't negotiate their salary. They That's go true. into an interview and they talk to an employer and they say, well, we start out at this because, you know, at the end of the interview, we all know what the number one question is, how much I'm going to get paid. And mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, an employer will say, well, we usually start out at this. And most people are scared to say, well, I come with this experience. I have this much type of time in the same atmosphere. I have a proven track record of this. I was looking for more around here. Whether it's high or not, you throw the ball back in their court and see what you get. 
Yep. Because at the end of the day, if you have a current job and you're negotiating with a new employer, you have nothing to lose. And I think it's also a matter of who has the leverages, the the people or the businesses. Because if I think back to like 2008, 2009, the job said, this is what we pay? Man, times is hard. I got to have a job. I'll just go ahead and go get it, right? And I think that now when everybody says, now hiring, now hiring, you should feel more comfortable to negotiate. And, and and you should always feel comfortable to negotiate. I think that's what you're getting ready to say. But I think that people, I guess what I was trying to say is, is that I think depending on like when you got into the workforce and when you started to understand, I think people just get entrenched into a certain value and belief that like, this is what has always been. This is what I've always done. I don't necessarily want to rock the boat. People are afraid of that of that change, so to speak. They're definitely afraid to rock the boat. Um, I wouldn't say as much as change. Yeah, a little bit. People, you know what I'm saying, they get stuck in their ways and they don't want change, but I don't think they're necessarily scared of change. Um, no, no, no. Know, I'm saying, maybe I, didn't, maybe I didn't say it correctly, but what I'm saying is what changes how the economy works like i guess i'm thinking mid late 2000s the companies had the leverage and now what's changed is especially now the last five years the people have the leverage we have leverage but we don't have the leverage um i think we've just made it okay to stand on the outside and just say no, they're not paying people what they're worth, so I'm not going to take a job like that. Like, I think we understand the value of who we are as people and knowing that our work and home life balance and the importance of it versus before we were scared that, you know, like our parents, because of the mantra they grew up under, if they didn't work to provide, we don't have. So, you know what I mean? Because they didn't have yeah. many other things to fall up, you know, say, well, I can do this to make extra money. I can make ends meet this way. You know what I mean? Those, those weren't thought of as much. Yeah. But my thing is, is people has always essentially had the leverage. I just don't think we've seen it, that we have the leverage. Because... And it might be because partially of these non-compete clauses, but in the same aspect, when you look at it, a business only had the leverage because we didn't understand our value. Because once you understand that, okay, yeah, business say, I'm going to pay you this. But my thing was, you couldn't get 10 of me it's not like we're beating down your door, you know what I mean, to have this experience, this knowledge, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And to come with this work ethic. Okay. So when you don't see that or understand that at the time, you, you settle for what you know, you yep. know what I'm saying, what you're comfortable with. 
Yeah. And and I think, you know, COVID really brought light to that. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Both in both aspects of not only am I worth more and with my expertise or my skill level, I should be compensated more. Yeah. But I now know people are definitely not beating down your door like you were able to portray before. You know, the whole, oh, they'll just replace you, you know, at the drop of a dime if you drop dead today. That is still true. But the quality of work isn't there. The amount of numbers and people who want to work isn't there. So essentially, businesses are accepting and training more than what they would have in the past. Because they 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 have to have the bodies for that position, regardless of the skill level or the expertise that's coming in the door. Or that'll be a whole different topic. Or they're they're thinking that they need to cut back, and they think that what the way that they're thinking is the right way. And like when you start mentioning, like we didn't know that we had the leverage, um, you really brought me back to you know my time. At the end of my um of my tenure with uh, Go Wireless, I don't care about saying Go Wireless's name now because they no longer exist. Um, by the way, they no longer exist. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it it used to be, it, it used to be, um, like I think back to some of the stuff that like that I was that I was saying as a leader that like I was just young. In, in in my in my career at that point, and I was just being indoctrinated, bro. And I didn't even like, I didn't realize it. I think back mm -hmm. to some of the stuff I've said to people now. I'm just like, yep, I, I get why why people would leave, even though they were making great money. Like, <laughs> like it, 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 and it got to the point where, um, like I think about it all the time. Like as the company change and the commission structures change and like it was less and less worth the time and the headache and the bs i mean that's the reality why we left our first one before you went to go wireless yeah before you went to where you went before go wireless but, yeah you yeah. know what i'm saying and, and the aspect of regardless if we could hit it or not like for you it was way more of an issue than what it what it really was for me because the way your structure was because of what you were recovering your numbers of bonuses and what you hit that money was really prevalent to what you made versus me who i had to fight for everything because i didn't have a dying store to take over you know what i mean like i, I didn't have to excel over you know what i'm saying I had to excel over literally goals that I created since the, the place opened. Mm, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm constantly trying to beat myself in an environment that's not changing. I took over a store that was in the negative. Exactly. By the time I took over that store, you were in, what, year three of that store just banging out numbers. <laughs> and, and, you and, know, it, and it was unreal because you bitch, I don't know if you, if you said this on the podcast or not, but you had two managers in there. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I realistically did. Like, did. once once after November hit and, and everything clicked and we rocked out December the way we did, it Stupid. really didn't matter what we did in January because, like I told you, January is the month that it is. 
And even though we flipped it, the numbers we put out in January together as a whole was stupid. <laughs> that was a that was a May. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you know, like we're we're getting ready to kick off summer and we see sales are rising, people are out shopping. Like we're doing May numbers in January, and you don't get that in a retail aspect. So, you know, I always had a challenge that was essentially impossible. You got to think when when you start from a store that was only open from three in the afternoon to eight o'clock at night, five yes. hours a day. I yes. made my living off of five hours a day. Yes. And exploited it to the point that they said, you know what? We're paying you the same that we're paying everybody else to do the same job in five hours that's taking them eight to 10 hours to do. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know what, you're going to a super plus and you're going to be open from 12 to 8. And then <laughs> from that, you know what, we're going to do 10 to 8 for the holiday season, but we're never going to go back. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that changes dynamics to things. But what I should have seen then murdered your payroll. You had four people in there with that one point because you had B, you had J. Yeah. Like, uh, it's Britannia, you know what I'm saying? Like, we all are in there in Sandusky <laughs> on a salary that should be like Cuyahoga Falls. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, no man. You, Somebody you know listening to this, like, is this a conference call right now? And actually, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, in, in general, what I should have did, it, it is no diss to you. But when I called oh, Anthony, we said this before. Yeah. when I called Anthony and said, you know, Hey, Brad's ready. I sit there and said, Hey, bro, give me both stores. Like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, I, I've proven, like, my track record's proven. If I can produce here what I've done, there's there's no reason. And I get why he said what he said to me. Cause I, I was like, hey, when um after you got your job, I forget what other store came over and after that, or it's so far. Marlon got his situation. Yeah. But I was like, I was wondering if I should put it. He was like, I'll be kind of pissed off if you did. You're right. You, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I understand your situation and that you told me, but I would be more pissed that you didn't because of your track record and what you did. But that's when I say that we don't know. We didn't know that we had the leverage we really had. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? Because of, like, I, I could have easily been a multi-store manager with the manager I produce, the sales numbers I produce, you know what I mean? Like the proven track record of training that I have, even when we went to manager meetings and like he would throw out weird scenarios and I still like knock him out the park. He's like, God damn, this motherfucker hey. asked for a gamer tag in the middle of a, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he tried to give me anything that you, you cannot sell to and I still flip it. Like, let's go. Hey, speaking of, um, not realize you had leverage. I don't know if I ever told you. I think I may have, but and this is no shot to Marlon. This is no shot against Marlon. That's my guy. <laughs> but I believe that I that I accidentally talked myself out of his job. So to paint the scenario, y'all, me and Fred talked about this before. We worked together at Target Mobile. Fred hired me. Six months later, I got promoted. We we talking trash on the phone at the kiosk doing downtime, and that's what became the earliest version of the podcast. But anyway, um, the Target Mobile program was expanding, and it was expanding too fast, actually. But 
we didn't know that at the time. Um, the program was expanding. And uh, so this is October 2011 that Fred hires me. I get promoted in April 2012. The district manager comes to visit my store in like December of 2012 or January 2013. It had to be January. He wouldn't have been coming out on the, on the holiday season. It had to be January. He came out and did my visit. And he and I were just talking, we're looking at the business, looking at numbers, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And I said to him, unprovoked, I said to him, I think I want to go another full year of being a store manager before I become a district manager. I believe, no shot against Marlon, no shot against Marlon, but I believe in my heart of hearts, if I would have kept my mouth closed, Marlon's job would have been mine. Now, I also believe that I would have failed at that job. Because after becoming a district manager a few years later, I know that I was nowhere near ready for it right. in 2013 like I was in 2016. But talking about that leverage, I believe had I not unprovoked said, I don't think I I think I need another year. I think I would have I would have had the job. I was killing it. Now, that, <laughs> and that's literally the same thing with Avon. I told Anthony, I'm provoked. Hey, me and my family just moved. I, I'm not ready to move up and move again. You know what I'm saying? We just got yeah. a, and you know what I'm saying? Then you come and say, hey, are you going to take it? You know I mean, because yeah. it was a no-brainer to you. Like, you you knew. I could essentially go anywhere in the company and he's going to let me go if I want it because of what I produced and, and what I've done. Right. You know what I mean? Without a question. And I put my foot in my mouth and said, hey, we moved. We're not ready to move. Woo, woo, woo. And you asked me, you said, you going to take it? Nah, bro, we just moved. We ain't, we ain't ready for that. Well, you yeah. mind this not, bro? Say less. You know what I mean? But and the same thing with, with her position because, like I said, he told me, you know, I'll be mad if you didn't put your name in the hat. Because basically he he's like, listen, you've proved not only can you create somebody to be identical to you, but you prove you can run the store. You prove you can hit the sales. So how could I not have trust in somebody that has a, a staff here, you know what I mean, that's going to be just like him to go and create something over here to be like him, and he's just floating back and forth like me. Right. You know what I mean? And, and he basically told me that, but like I said, I at the time I still wasn't ready. You know what I mean? It, it just, timing wasn't what it's supposed to be, but if I knew the leverage I had, whether I wasn't ready or not for that bread, I'd have probably went on ahead and took a shot at it. Hey, it's a resume builder at the end of the day, especially now that I know you must finna go under anyway. That's real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, that was a huge resume builder then because you can't even say that I didn't do what I said I did. Real talk, because. Oh, Lord. Look, like, now that you think back, and I think that's the same way, like, nowadays, like, and, and, and truthfully, I was never really a negotiator, but I became a negotiator because of the cell phone business. Yep. So, not cell phone, um, cell phone car too, business. but car business, yeah, because we really had to negotiate, like, when, when people really trying to negotiate their car payments and their terms and their interest rate. Like you are really negotiating. This ain't no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, right? 
people will walk away and, and leave a deal on the table yep. if you can't meet their demands or or get close to or, or win them over and let them see why it is the way it is. For sure. So now I approach every situation kind of like the cell phone and car business because anything that I do or when it comes to pay or switching jobs, there's some aspects from both of those businesses that translate. Oh, yeah. And, and part that. of them, yeah, and part of them is knowing when you have the leverage, when you have the upper hand, when you should shut up and just hold them and, and, and figure it out. But I think that's our biggest issue. But now we don't have that issue no more because the workforce is so dried up to where, you know what I mean, essentially you, you don't even necessarily have to be able to prove you have exactly the skills or criteria to have the job. If you could fit the bill, you could still get the job. Well, and I think, and just to go back to the, um, to the FTC portion of the conversation where we kind of spun off from is that if you take away the, the non-compete clause, it requires the companies to continue to work in good faith. So I briefly worked between um, between my time leaving Go Wireless and the company I work for now. I, I briefly worked from home for, for this other job, and it was a non-compete clause. And I was just like, whatever, because I know that stuff's not really legal in an at-will state anyway. But you know, one thing that they do that they did is is that if you're not employed at the time that commissions are paid out, mm -hmm. you don't get your commission. And the mm -hmm. problem with the and the problem with that was is that you know it's not like a you know me coming from the cell phone business, you technically got paid your commissions in advance. I don't want to go down that that route, but if you work in a cell phone business, um, you get your commission before before the company you work for actually gets paid by the carrier for selling that phone. Um, well, it used to be. I don't know about now. <laughs> oh, that's how it is. Oh, it still is now? Oh, it's even worse now. We, we can have that conversation offline. Cause no, I was just, off. the only reason I said that was because, you know, the kickback that the company used to, uh, whoever made the phone used to get, no, the company used to get from whoever made the phone you need to have them on for 10 months or whatever, but we still got paid. And then we just worried about ringback credits. And yeah, chargebacks and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why, that's why I was like, dang, because of the way it's prepaid now, I was like, dang, it's still like that, but okay. It's still, yeah, it's actually worse now. Um, okay. Well, yeah, more we than, had that different time. Yeah. I was just, that's <laughs> what I was going But, about. um, but, so I'm used to, you make a sale, you, you get that commission on the commission date. But now, it's, uh, with this company, the way it worked is, it's like, I might make a sale to you directly, but my ability to get commission is based on when you pay me, right? Mm -hmm. Do I invoice you? Are you writing me a check? Can I send you a link to pay me online? All this, that, and the third, right? So, like, there was this one lady I sold uh, a set of courses to in July. It was my first sale. It was in July. And just the way timing and everything worked out, we did not get paid by this lady until December. It, it just, it was just the way it worked out. It wasn't that she was trying to flake on us and one this, that, and the third. It was just, 
she had the authority to spend the money. She had the money. It was just lining up the paperwork to move the money from them to us. And like, so what I'm saying is that hit their ability to use that leverage, but like, you ain't gonna be able to get paid. So now, if you take away non-payment agreements, stuff like that, it's gonna be like, listen, I need to get paid when I make the sale. It's up to you to determine how you get paid. What's well, not non-payment agreements? Is non-compete. No, I, and I'm I'm so all over the place that I'm probably confusing somebody else. What I'm saying is, it's taking away a non-compete agreement mm-hmm. because what happened was, I guess what I wanted to say is, is that like, although I technically could because it's Michigan. So this does not technically apply directly to me, but I could have easily gone to another company and said, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, right? Bring me over there. What can you offer me that's better than what they're what these guys are giving me here? I could have done that realistically, or theoretically, I could do that in an area where non-compete clause doesn't exist. When you give more power to the people, and this is a whole other discussion, so we're gonna cut it down here. Um when you give more power to the people, you give them a chance to create leverage. The other side to that is, is that the billionaires will figure out a way to cheat the system, and then we got to do the circle all over again. Well, and that's and that's what I wanted to say, you know what I'm saying, after we divulged what we was going to divulge out of this conversation, is at the end of the day, none of that shit really matter. You see the price of eggs right now? You see the price of living right now? It will equal out. You They take the non-compete clause away, Wages go up, cost of living goes up. So at the end of the day, it will equal out to be the same. I dig it. I dig it. Well, listen, bro, this is going to be a long one. I'm not sure how much editing I got to do. Um, y'all let us know if y'all like the new flow, the, the flow that, that kind of just came up today. But um, you can let us know on our socials at what's happening, W-H-U-S-H-A-T-T-N-I-N. Tap in on that Patreon that's in the show notes. Did I spell it wrong? W-H-U-S? I sure spelled it wrong. W-H-U-S-H-A-T-T-N-I-N. <laughs> Listen, I don't think you spelled it wrong. I was looking at you for that simple reason of it goes back to the pre-entrance uh, to this recording. I said, this is why I don't look at the docket. <laughs> because everything you send me gets redacted and then after it gets redacted it gets re-redacted and then once we get into the episode in the segment i be oh. like we're gonna do this still oh no 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 we had enough meat and potatoes right here with what we got but there's like seven more things that we ain't even brush <laughs> out of today's hey. docket so prayers up to the marhamlin i'm glad um, you said that because i was just gonna go there Prayers up to Demar Hamlin. He praying for Prayers. that brother. Straight he, up, he's, he he seems to be on, on the men. Um, Vince McMahon then then use all his um, and that's why I want to get back really to the Vince finna, McMahon. He piece. really finna go through all of it real quick for y'all. Vince McMahon, he 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 used his power as the majority shareholder to put himself back on the board. And two weeks ago, we said that the lesson in the whole Robert Sarver situation when he was being forced to sell, he's about to make $4 billion off that when he bought that team for like $440 million. We said the lesson is, is ownership because when you look at what he did uh, versus what R. Kelly did and what, uh, what Kyrie and all these other guys did, I've said before, cancel culture does not exist. 
it's all it's called accountability, but you can't be held accountable when you are the accounter when you are the <laughs> owner. So Vincent Man, the, all these scandals came out. He paid twelve million dollars and maybe even more in hush money payments for harassment, and he was still the majority shareholder. So he said, "I'm back." Um, the Bar Hamlin, Vince McMahon, um, we in trouble in Utah. Uh, the, the Great Salt Lake is getting ready to dry up in the next five years unless we do something about climate change. I'm not even looking at it. Um, uh, Kevin McCarthy, it took him 15 votes before he became the Speaker of the House. Uh, there was almost a scrap between the Republicans last night, Friday night. Um, I think that's everything. Now, prayers uh, also for T. Higgins. You know what I'm saying? Everybody talking about DeMar yes. Hamlet. Yes. Hey, throw out T. Higgins out there. And it ain't easy to, you know what I'm saying, be on the other end of that. Because um, they do this for a living. They don't do this for a killing. They don't do this to hurt nobody. You know what I mean? They out there doing something they love. They worked hard to make it too. And that is not how anybody, you know what I'm saying, wants to be reflected on in their career so um prayers to him um to t higgins and demar Hamlin. not not just one but both all right man. yes so we will be back with y'all next week follow fred at mr.humble underscore beginnings follow me i'm going too fast i'm trying to cut down this time fred is mr.humble underscore beginnings on instagram and he's fred scott on facebook I'm Brad Robinson, 86 on Twitter, and Brad Robinson, 1986 on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow us, follow the show. If you feel as though we've earned it, please leave us a five-star rating and write a review wherever you get your podcast and share the show with a friend because love is a verb. So put some action behind that love, and we will see y'all next week. Peace.